combat divas Stomp your left, right, left Combat divas Hey! 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 Hey. Yo, welcome back to the Combat Divas Podcast. It's your girl, TG. And your girl, Tanisha B. Thanks for coming back. And on last episode, Tanisha B was intensely talking about a story in which she um, she first got mortared and um, a situation, a funny situation with her brother. So we're going to continue right there. Go ahead, Tanisha B. Pick it up right here. But I got down and then I see my brother... Dart past me, fucking hat fly off his head, and he dove into a bunker. Found out later on that he really didn't dive into the bunker where it was, looked so just like an action movie. Turns out he fucking tripped. <laughs> he fell and into the fell bunker. fell into the fucking bunker. So I was like, oh shit. And then I found out later that he felt enormous guilt because he is my big brother. Mm. And he felt like, fuck, I left my little sister out there. Wow. He felt like enormous guilt from that until mm. he seen me fall right back in there, right right next to him. And like I see that relief on his face, but also terror. Right. Because, man, my mom probably would have fucked him up. <laughs> if she'd have found out, he'd have ran and left you left. Also, you left your sister. <laughs> You left your sister? Right. You supposed to be her protector. He'd have heard this shit for the rest, for of, his rest life. of his life. And I'd have yeah. haunted the shit out of my brother for the rest of my fucking existence. Ah. I would have haunted him. Like, oh, he just see a cup fall over. Every time he drink a <laughs> cup of Hennessy, wow, bitch. Like, that would have been me. You right. left me. You're right. It's your fault. I'm oh. over on the other side. <laughs> Fucking with you until I feel like I'm ready to go over to the other side. Right. So... <laughs> Like, that was by far, I always call it a vacation. That was like the worst vacation ever. TripAdvisor, they fucking lie. Whatever type of <laughs> ad they have for this location for a year, like Paradise, it was the fucking worst. Yeah. Um, been through so much stuff that it's even hard to talk about even right now today. Going mm-hmm. through therapy. Mm-hmm. And getting counseling because I've, you know, endured some trauma through my first deployment. And so much trauma so as that my second deployment almost felt like an actual vacation compared to the shit that I went through my first one. I'm like, I had so many near-death experiences. Um, Just a couple of days ago was the anniversary of two soldiers that we lost. And it was almost like the most bloodiest day for our Mm. company ever. We lost uh, Sergeant Shauna Morrison and Sergeant Lamb. And it was traumatic mm-hmm. very traumatic I remember I wasn't right there on the scene I just remember I heard all of those mortars coming in like you can hear them before they get there mm. and I remember hurrying up rushing to um guard duty which was like almost past like just right past our our living space where they was having their uh convoy briefing mm-hmm. and then I didn't I barely made it and I'm literally standing, like, crouched down in the corner as, like, all these mortars just just lobbing in, steady, constantly coming through. And I remember coming back to the scene, it was just blood, just blood Oof. everywhere. Our commander, he walking through. And it was our third commander at this time. Oof. And he was like something out of a movie. Mm. Like, you seen blood on his arms. Like, he was cut. Like, you could tell shrapnel hit him. But he was still walking through assisting people. Mm. I found out my buddy um, 
one of my buddies, he uh, suffered shrapnel to the side. One guy, he lost his eye. Mm. And two people lost their lives. And I remember I hated mass formations after that. A mass formation is when you get the whole company and everyone is not grouped up in platoons. Mm-hmm. They're all just kind of meld together. And four roles, or however many roles you can get, mm-hmm. and all, everybody is you know shoulder to shoulder together. And every time we had a mass formation, I dreaded it because that means that now we look into the left and the right of us to see to who's not here. Who's, yeah, yeah. And then when they told us that, I'm looking like, oh my God. And then after that, we lost um, one other person after that. So it was just, it just became like a numbing thing to where it got dark mm. to where we were like, shit, for our memorial, this is a song that I want you to play. Mm. Like we started thinking about, if we were to die, what music we wanted played yeah. for our memorial, how we wanted things to be. And it came into fruition for one female, unfortunately. Mm. The song she wanted to play. And we was joking about it at the time, but it was still dark. And then that, I mean, it was just one of those things like, it, it's like, man, I, tomorrow is legit not promised. I'm like, yeah. you feel it at home. Tomorrow's not promised today. We get it. But like over there, it's like, no, this shit's like- It's a new level. A whole nother reality for you. Yeah. And by far, that was the deployment that just kind of like set the ball in motion for like the rest of my, the rest of my life. Because even right now today, I can't remember the person that I was prior to my deployment. Mm. And that's kind of odd because it's like, one, you know, you're going to grow, you're going to change at 18 years old. But it's like, man, why can't I remember the bubbly teenager I probably was, the athletic one, the social (laughs) one, all this other stuff. And it's like... It's like, I don't know who that person is. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the anxious one. Now I'm the paranoid one. Now it's like somebody drops some shit. I'm jumpy. It found, sounds like a mortar to me. Yeah. And then to fast forward that to 2010 to being deployed again and to leave, like now I'm leaving a whole person behind. I'm leaving a, behind like a uh, my son was almost two at the time. Wow. And to go over there. And I remember, I don't know if I told TG this uh, when I was over there. I was like, man, why does it feel like I never fucking left? Yeah, you said it all the time. <laughs> like, it was just the oddest feeling. <laughs> I remember like just looking like, bitch, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, it felt like I didn't go home. It felt like the life that I had within that five-year span didn't, didn't happen. happen. And yeah. I never came home. And I just been here because everything, the air was the same it smelled the same. The dirt was the same. Like everything felt the fucking same. And I freaked, I was freaking out. <laughs> I was freaking out. Like, I'm like, shit. And then as a mom, later on in deployment to find out that my son was diagnosed with autism. So now it's like, shit, I can't even be at home with my son as he's going through this. So I felt um, enormous guilt. Mm. Um, dealing with PTSD from the previous deployment that was still... I was denied my diagnosis of PTSD, no matter all the trauma that I went through uh, over there, Mm. including sexual trauma, which is, like I said, still hard to talk about, but it happens. So in the military, um, sometimes these are things women and both men go through, it gets covered up, or you don't really talk about it, and it's just one of those hard things. Um, but my second deployment was much lighter because I did have TG with me. I had yep. a couple of our other friends with us and like, we had a party. I made it a good time. You it, know, not to pat myself did. on the back. She but patting herself on the back. Pat, pat. Okay. She patting. Cause I bring the party with she, me. She brought the party. <laughs> Literally. Brought the I party. had alcohol. <laughs> 
We got some special packages yeah. overseas. Because we're not whatever. supposed to drink. So no. but I had somebody Amongst, yeah. we had people sending us alcohol and and uh laundry detergent, uh uh <laughs> oh. pails and 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 mouthwash. That was disgusting. Yeah. Uh I mean, and Listerine bottles. It was it was a little too minty, minty fresh. I, you know, they went they couldn't clean the bottle out good enough or something. I mean, you get whitening, teeth whitening, yeah. fighting gingivitis, and you get a little drunk too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we said we had alcohol sitting everything possible to sin. And I remember being greedy when I got over there too, because <clears throat> I'm an entrepreneur. So um I would like put alcohol in like small water bottles, like regular, you know, uh, you know water bottles. Water bottles. Right. And sell them for like eighty dollars a pop. Now the oh, okay. bottle itself probably costs like thirty bucks, but I, mean, I would sell them for eighty bucks because you know it's the supply, the supply and demand. demand. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would mean, make a killing over there because you just toss away money. Like you over there, you come back with you. You got a few grand in your account, and somebody say eighty dollars for something that you can't get on your own. Yeah. I mean, don't get go. high on your own supply. I will say that because I spent I mean, most we, of that money. We had to have a lot of drunk. our stuff from TJ. She, but I was always the one she would get over on. Like, hey, you got any more cranberry <laughs> juice in the refrigerator? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And then I get cussed out when they come back to there. So You're gullible, man. So which bottles did she get? She said she wants some cranberry juice, bitch. She first of all, I, <laughs> I drank all I'm alcohol. Like, Look, what I can pull to say she th- like I didn't know. It was rough. I was dealing with a lot. I was coping. I didn't know. I just know that we was left with actual cranberry and then the stuff that was mixed up was the stuff that was gone. I used to, again, I will say again, I had a problem back then. Like I had a true alcohol problem and I had a true drug problem where I I, I literally successfully, by the mm-hmm. way, had cocaine sent into the country. Oh my God. To, you know, the things you can take, say now because she's no longer I'm in. I'm out. Can't, things, I can't get in no trouble right now. The things but that come I had, out. I had cocaine sit in the country. And I, I'll tell you how to because, oh, you know. No. Oh, and no. Nobody's going to do that. Now. I'm I'm still in. I used to have it. I got it from a Will Smith joke off the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when uh-huh. he talked about how he was so pro black that he wouldn't pick the cotton out of a bottle of aspirin. I'm like, oh. Well, that's smart cotton, and so I used to, we, they used to put the the drugs in the cotton in the in the aspirin bottle, put it back in the aspirin bottle, and put the top on, so it looked like it, you know, and put it back in the box and everything, and send it like that. Nobody knew it was extra drugs in it; they just thought it was, you know, aspirin. So anyway, oh uh, I had a problem uh, when I, when I was when I was deployed. Okay, mm-hmm. everybody knew it. It, yeah. it is what it is. I've gotten help since then. I feel like I'm clean I didn't now. Know. I feel like yeah. I didn't know the extent. Yeah, because I, I, I masked it. it really well. I mean, I was always really hyper anyway, so people right. just thought so I was hyper. She, she was the one where she was like, uh, they was like, what time is it? It's been about a jelly time. Like, that was <laughs> I her. I used to just break out dancing for no reason. That was her. It's I was been like, about a jelly time. That's me, and, yelling in the background, dance monkey. Because it was a, a... People loved it. It was like a morale I don't booster. Know. I don't know why. The sh- like the the company was predominant. Like anyway. dance, dance, do the peanut butter jelly dance. And I I'd be like, okay, felt cool. Like she was being but I was high as a kite most of the time. I, I just felt like she was being exploited. I did a lot of drugs, but I'm clean now. Yeah, she's <laughs> and clean that's now. The biggest part. Yeah. And yeah. I just felt a lot of pressure to perform <laughs> when I was overseas because <laughs> I was a female. I I didn't want to be a, one of those victimized female. I didn't want to be one of those you know, not living up to their end of the bargain type females. Mm-hmm. So I just worked really, really hard. And I worked all the time, constantly. I was always at the motor pool. To the fact that when I did get ill over there, you know, from a situation, I, every time I woke up from, I used to, I, I, I was having seizures really bad. Every time I woke up from a seizure, I thought I was in the motor pool. 
Or I, mm. I, I knew I had to get back to the motor pool. And people would, used to have to calm me down. It was like, hey, you back home. It's okay. But every time I woke up, I was back in the motor pool. And that, that was crazy. So um, I really had a, a, a really bad addiction. And it was the only way that I knew how to cope with what I was going through. And I did not know how to talk about it. I did not know anybody who I felt would understand what I was going through. And so I used that as an excuse to do as, as much drugs to numb my feelings as much as possible to get through the day. What I did, um, I'm like, and I remember in it now, because a lot of stuff is like a haze. And sometimes it's like, it's hard to remember traumatic events. It's hard to remember what you did when you came back home. And I remember yeah. my first deployment when I came back home. It was sex. Mm. And it was weird that I remember that it was mostly sex for me See. to kind of numb things a lot when I came home. Seeing that I was covering you had a sexual addiction. I mean, not it was kind of whoa. It wasn't, you know what? First of all, <laughs> look, it's not like Eric. It's not. I ain't go. I ain't go. Eric Benet. You go Eric Benet. I didn't go Eric Benet. Okay, <laughs> Jay Z. Don't, don't go, go Eric Benet. <laughs> I didn't go Eric Benet, but it was just this. It was one person. It was one person, and I remember, and I'm like, the thing is, and I was covering up a trauma. Because of the way that I came back home, I came back home earlier from the rest of my my company, at least about two months earlier, um, dealing with some the after effects of the the trauma that I experienced, and I was covering that up. I was keeping that to myself, and oddly enough, to try to cover it up, to try to make myself feel okay, I you know with my. He was my boyfriend, but he was my ex boyfriend at the time, and I just became extremely possessive over an individual to where I wouldn't allow him because of my antics, wouldn't allow him to move on, but I didn't want to to re um re-enter into a relationship. So we was we call it a gray area. Okay. And every time like I would just come over, I remember I'm like, I don't know if it was every day, but it was quite often I would just come over and I would just be like, take off your clothes. Oh wow. Okay. And he was like, you know, first Pretty of all, I am not a piece of meat. You're not just gonna treat me like this, and like I'm a piece. Like as as he's saying this, he's taking off his clothes. Like you know what? I'm not gonna take this. You know, you just can't come over me. and don't say nothing to me and just want to have sex. And we still had sex, <laughs> but I remember just being kind of like just crazy. Like I remember, like right. I, I'm like I called him one time and he wasn't he wasn't home. And I drove by his house. I didn't see him until I was about to go home. And I saw him walking down the street with um, our friend Ricky. And they were just, just minding business. I don't know where it was coming from. Probably the corner store or whatever. And I was just like, man, I should just run him down. Damn. I don't know why I thought that. It's right? because he was not available at the time that I needed him to be available. Because I was going through something. And I wanted to like forget about it. And he wasn't available. I was angry. I didn't run him down. I didn't even, I, he don't even remember, like, they didn't even see me. Okay? They didn't even see me. I issues. turned down the next street or whatever. And then he decided he wanted to date somebody. And I was like, well, first of all, you're not allowed. But I'm not his girlfriend still. Wow. And I remember being at his family's house and the girl pulled up, whatever. And I'm there with his sister and his cousin. And I was like, what the fuck he think he's going? Oh, wow. The girl pulls up. He's sitting out in the car. So I was like, all right, Tanisha, be cool. Be cool. Because, you know, they ain't your boyfriend or whatever, but you still good with the family. Y'all still cool. Be cool. Nope. Didn't want to be cool. So I wow. go out there. He's talking to the girl in the car. And I'm like, knock, knock. I was like, hi. Oh, wow. I'm Tanisha. She's looking at me like, who's this? He was like, 
That's Tanisha. <laughs> I don't know why she's here that's right Tanisha. now. <laughs> hey. I was like, crazy. yeah, you, you've been away from the house for too long. I'm, we, we waiting on you. He's like, all right. We. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll be in. I was like, cool. So I'll go away. Right? Wow. But I come back across the street. I was like, yeah, so you need to come in you now. You suck. Yeah, I was like, you need to come in now. I'm like, oh, who's this? Wow. Like, I, I just was like- And this wasn't even your boyfriend. It wasn't even my boyfriend, but I was the like the epitome of crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And But he got out the car. Like, <laughs> he didn't like, want I didn't no have problems. possession, but he was like, he didn't want no problems. Yeah, so that's he, what it he was. Got he didn't out want no problems. She just looked like she had mad attitude, and I was like, bye. Like, could, I didn't care. <laughs> he didn't know what she was capable of either. Like, you was in the army and stuff. He didn't know. Uh, no. Nope. You know? And then later on that day, like, we, um, I don't know, I'm like, I can't remember if he was about to leave because he's also, um, you know, in the service too. He's Air Force. Mm-hmm. And I remember, us heading up to his mom's house in Wisconsin like the same day he was supposed to go there and I was going to go I, I can't remember if I was supposed to be a part of this trip originally <laughs> or you just put yourself or, in or I put myself in this trip and then we just I mean it was cool we was cool I had, we had sex in the car on the way up oh wow I mean I still got my fix like we was you, still cool he was an addict a, a little bit. Yeah. I, a little bit. A and lot of people realize, come home addicted to sex, though. But I thing. didn't realize that was a problem until, like, literally, until, like, months ago, reflecting back, like, oh, ha, 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 just, one of those little stories. And I was like, wait, I had a whole fucking problem. <laughs> and I didn't even realize that I had a problem. Oh, my God. I would drive over to his house. Like, uh, when I came back home from overseas, like, I also felt that, shit, I, I have no routine. Yeah. I have nothing to do. I feel useless. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, I need a routine. I need I need schedules. I need... So I went Something, back yeah. to working at the ballpark. Mm. I'm like, I didn't need the job. I had money, but I was like, I need something to do. Yeah. You need and a then schedule. within working there, I would literally time out enough time to go to his house before I got off work. Wow. To get the fix. And then, like, other days, and then I would go to his house after work. Like, I just made time... To get you just had a to problem, him. and it was just him though. That's the thing; it was an addiction, but it was just him. Yeah, <laughs> but I needed it because you need that. But you also need that that loyalty. You also need somebody that you can trust too. Yeah. So it wasn't like, all right, I'm just gonna bust it open for everybody. Yeah. It was just just one person, and I didn't realize I had that issue. Wow. And then my second deployment, then I had a drinking problem. Yeah. So it wasn't sex no more. It I didn't want to have sex. It was alcohol. It was alcohol. But yeah. then I couldn't be too much of a piece of shit because now I'm like, oh shit, now I got a two-year-old with autism. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? So now I got to like, I got to fucking mom up and be a fucking parent. Yeah. Can't even remember how to be a parent because I've been away from this, this yeah. beautiful baby boy for like almost a year. Aww. So now it's like, okay, now I got to go back to mother mode, but now I got to figure out what the fuck is autism. Yeah. How to cope with this? What exactly does it mean? And it situation. is a hard road. The yeah. boy is ten now, and he's coming into his own. Yeah, he is. And you know, he's this vibrant kid, very smart, very affectionate, but it's still hard dealing with all the bullshit mm-hmm. with the military. And then they don't want to compensate you. It's like it's like fighting like hell to even be compensated for the fact that they. Assisted in fucking you up, but they want to congratulate you <laughs> for fighting for your country. Yeah. But at the same time, they it's like throwing in your face, like, well, first of all, you volunteered to get fucked up. But it's like they're grateful that you volunteered. Yeah. But it's like, 
where's my where's my something? It's not a happy medium. No. Yeah. It's like, oh, we got what we want. We thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, we're gonna give you this coin or some shit. And this this paper that is not tangible for any monetary gain to say, hey, you participated, so fuck you. Have a nice Barbara. life. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then on top of that, dealing with just being a single parent, raising my kid practically by myself. Like I said, once again, I'm truly indebted to my mom forever. Grateful for the wonderful grandmother that she is because I really don't know where I would be you know, in this situation without her, I'm pretty sure I would have to figure this shit the fuck out. But mm-hmm. thank God I don't have to because she's there. She's been my rock when other person decided, hey, I'm going to be selfish. So fuck <laughs> you guys. You listening. Fuck you. I'm, I'm but, not going to comment. <laughs> Last time we commented on your baby daddy was the whole situation. We almost uh, yeah, got sued. Yeah. So. Like <laughs> so I had said something in our previous episode and um, I, we had a guest. We had Nisha. Um, yeah. as our guest and I was like it was something that came about him and I was like oh my god like who raised you oh I know who raised you yeah. Yeah. and like from that simple fucking statement yeah we almost got sued two days later I almost got sued it was really bad like he was he was really upset <sighs> fuck that guy yeah. Um. He sent me a message. Like he tried to call me, and I was like, "Oh, of course he's calling about his kid, right?" I was like, "He heard the radio show, and yeah, I don't want to talk about picking up a kid." Blah blah blah. Nope. This mug was like, first of all, you can say whatever you want to say about me, but when you talk about my mama, I was like, I just started dying laughing. <gasps> I was like, if you don't get the fuck off my phone with this Man. bullshit, I was like, first of all, your son is fine. Oh, I know you're fine. But blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm not going to talk to you about this. Like, you wanted to call me out for, oh. And I was like, by the way, thanks for listening. We got our streams. <laughs> Appreciate you. But I'm like, you're not going to come at me about something like this. I was like, first of all, I didn't say shit about your mom. And then I didn't even go into explanation mode because I was like, fuck you. And I got boy, off fuck the you. phone. <laughs> right, boy, fuck you. You coming at me <laughs> about this bullshit. And you ain't even ask, you ain't even lead with, how's my son? Yeah. Oh, like the fuck? So I was like, no, nah, I ain't finna answer this shit. All right, bye. Yeah. And I don't even know if he sent a text message, but I think he had hit TG up in her inbox. Yeah, he hit me and up, then my he husband to, up. He, talk, he started talking to her husband. It was like, first of all, we're not friends. He was so serious friends. about it. I but mean, it, it went out of control. You have to remind him, like, we're not friends. Yeah. So I don't have to talk to you. I don't like I only I'm I only know you because of Tanisha. So I mean, our, our relationship is irrelevant now, but whatever. And he was like really serious about the whole situation. <laughs> he was like, "Well, I mean, I would like for y'all to change that." I'm like, "So you want me to call my engineer and like edit that out?" It's out. Nah. Say <laughs> no paper. Nah. Print a retraction. Nah, I'm good, love. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. So I'm going to go and do some extra shit. For you, boy, I was like, yeah, you. you could call your lawyer if you want to. While you're at it, uh, you should probably pay some child support because ah. you're behind on that shit. So, yeah. Yeah. good and day, you, and you are. Good yeah. day. You can pay. You can pay a lawyer, but you can't. You can't pay for your right. kid. Your kid need new shoes, but you can pay a lawyer. Good day, oh, sir. See your priorities and, and fucking check went to good Bali. Day. Bali. Good day. Little petty ass. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. I, I don't want to get no president motherfucker. He's not. A, he's, not a, he's not a terrible guy. So sorry about that. Is he? Don't sue us. Is he? Not? Um. Yeah. We didn't say um, your name this time. No. So <laughs> we know who the fuck you are. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah. So it's just. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks for listening. You get them streams. Tell a friend. Like, Appreciate share, you. comment. Tell everybody we talking about you. Send a review. All bad press. Ain't, you know, all good press and bad press is still press at the same time. Like, yeah. Oh. But, yeah. So, we still... <laughs> We still got like a plethora of <sighs> issues. Yeah. We combat them every single every single day, day man. And that shit pops up. It does there's no warning signs for none of this stuff. When we people be like, it. Oh my God, you've been back from that deployment 15 years. And then for me it was 15 years. Yeah. I, I deployed in 2004. So yeah, 15 years ago. But no time that limit. shit still sit with you when you've never been through anything like it. Mm-hmm. Mortis, how, how I get used to somebody trying to um, fucking blow me the fuck up? Yeah. I get used to that you, stuff. You don't get over it. And I, I think that's a lot of times with, with people, and even us as service members, we shame other service members who are still going through it. Like, come on, <laughs> suck it up. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can appreciate you being strong. You may unravel at a, at a, at a sporadic time, but that's just not me right now. It's not where I am. Mm-hmm. And we have to move on from that. Like, whatever we got to do, we got to do. If you don't trust me right next to you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But we got to do what we got to do. Like, you cannot have people repress their lives forever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because it creeps up on you at just certain times. And I know some people who 20 years later, it didn't creep up until like after 20 years, after 15 years, after how many years, it, it, it don't start to surface. But if you hide something, if you, you know, keep sweeping shit under the rug for so long, you have a mm-hmm. big ass lump. And you're going to start tripping over it. And that's exactly what happens to uh, a lot of us as service members, especially, and I hate to say it, especially our female service members who, you know, are, uh, they, they are a different species. You know, they're used to being able to kind of hide stuff and move on. Like, oh, I'll move on. Oh, I'll move on. I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. And it just comes out like at, at, at just the, the oddest times, unfortunately. It, it could be the smallest thing that trigger it. Like, it yeah. could be somebody, like, it could be a siren in the distance. Yeah. And somebody flash a light in your face or some shit. Just anything, anything. random and shit. You be like, oh, my God. I remember. Like, it, anything make us crazy, man. <laughs> you break the fuck down. You're yeah. like, wait, what's going on? Oh, my God. Because I remember the sirens. Yeah. And it, and it, it is... Snatches your ass back ten years prior or five years yeah, prior. Yeah, like it three just, years, it, whatever. Yeah, right. I, it don't I matter. Remember, yeah, I remember going on with my life, and then at one point, I was like, anybody else gonna tell me what to do? Fuck everybody, and I just like went into a, a, a cocoon, and it was nobody did anything to me per se. <laughs> it was just that I got so tired of listening to people in general that I just I decided I'm not gonna listen to nobody else. I lost friends and family uh, because of it, but I decided like, look, I'm not I'm not listening to nobody else ever again. Mm-mm. And it was PTSD, like kind of rearing this ugly head. But at that time, you know, I needed that kick in the ass to get my life together. But um, it, it took a minute. It took a very long time for me to, to 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 put all the pieces of this puzzle back together. And even now having a kid, every now and then I have to have patience. Like I have to calm myself mm-hmm. because everybody not going through it, all the same stuff. She three. She don't know what she going through. <laughs> so I have to relax and, and, and think about it. Because, you know, our parents just say, when I was your age... I was already blah, blah. And like, I don't want to be that person that every time she do something like, oh, now you're crying. You know what? When I was three, I had to, I had to fry my own bacon. Do you know that? Like, I don't, oh I don't want to be that person. <laughs> and I think it just comes out for no reason. And, you know, you and just don't want to be- old people lie. Old people do lie, man. They, they, they went through everything they say sometimes. And they ain't went through all that. Everybody got the same story. I was was walking barefoot. Right. Old people are like Marines. Like, they just make (laughs) make that shit up as they go. Like Back when I was a Marine Corps, I used to eat nails. 
Like, why? <laughs> for, for what reason? Why, was, why was, it would you do like, was it filling? Was it filling? And then tear up your stomach lining, you're a liar. Like, man, the worst thing you can do, and I'm going to say this, we gonna be, <laughs> the worst thing you can do <laughs> is go from the Marine Corps to any other branch of service because the Marines ruin your fucking lives. And yeah, <laughs> no matter what you say, it, nothing compares to you being in the Marine Corps. I'm sorry. It was people who went, to, <laughs> went from the Marine Corps and came to the Army and they were just like pissed off every day. It's Man. like, dude, relax. Like, I don't know what to tell you. This woman like, when work. I was in the Corps, I, we didn't we we didn't eat for days. Like, but why? why? Y'all had rations. Why y'all didn't? It? <laughs> it was the principle. <laughs> Look, we don't have principles here, I, guy. You eat. know what? I have a woman <laughs> at work. She is a former Marine. Mm. And when I say she is like <laughs> the complete polar opposite of your typical Marine, mm. she is so happy. Really? So happy, I'm, go lucky that it's many. almost scary. Like I like if if, <laughs> if I, scary. I I mean if she skipped to work, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't deny that she skipped oh my God. to work yeah. singing a tune like, with a flute or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but she is so fucking happy. And I'm like, I never wanted to start a room, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that she dumps she does a bump before she gets to work. <laughs> she like she is so extreme, like the the polar opposite she of what a person <laughs> like she just be like Hey, Miss Tanisha! How are you doing this morning? Oh my God, it's such a great day. We like that's a good thing. This though. cannot it's, be her every day. I'm like, day. are you like this in real life? She was like, yes, because I've been through so much things, and I just got to see the bright side of life. And I was like, oh my God, I'm you not have mad at her though. Too much happy for me at 6:30 a.m. Yeah, I'm not mad at her. Though. I'm not mad at her either. But I, I was like, amazing. I want what you. Have. Like what? Every what day. are you taking? Yeah, is this some type of meditation? Like what are you? Doing? What are you doing exactly to get exactly. to where you are? Yeah. Like to the T. Like so, when you get up in the morning, you take a what? No, you <laughs> don't. Okay, so you take coffee, <sighs> tea, cocaine. No, <laughs> a little, tea, all coffee roll, all above. <laughs> coffee roll. What is it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, but, oh, I just, want to share before you wrap up. I'm go sorry. Good. Um. In light of it being Suicide Awareness Month, mm-hmm. um, for those who are um, in Chicago or in the Illinois area, mm-hmm. um, they have a program called the Road Home Program at Rush Hospital, mm. um, where you can get tailored counseling, um, you can get all the help that you need as a veteran or a person that's still currently serving in the military. Um, I go to this program myself, uh, one of my uh, friends... Um, and my counselor enlightened me about this program, and it's really good. I've been a few times already, and I already see that um, I picked the right place to go to get the assistance that I need with all the PTSD and everything that we talked about um, in our podcast today and you know, in all the other podcasts that we recorded. And this place is located at 1645 West Jackson Boulevard, um, Suite 602. And they open Monday through Fridays, and their phone number is 312-942-8387. So if you're feeling like you need someone to talk to, um, there's people available. And then you can always hit up the Military One Source and any suicide hotlines um, that you can come across. And there's always somebody that's there that's willing to listen for veteran mental health, um, family care, and um, intensive outpatient programs to where you can actually be there for a few, you know, for like a, about 30 days to get the assistance that you need. So 
There you go, TG. Outstanding, outstanding. Thanks, Tanisha B, for the uh, for the information. So let us know what you think about today's episode. Let us. We wanted to kind of give you a little insight on kind of where we've been and what we've been through, uh, and how we got to where we are today. How we've combated some obstacles and how we still combating every day. So Tanisha B, let them know how they how can they reach <laughs> us. <laughs> Hey, Battles, you can reach us at Combat Divas Podcast on Instagram as well as YouTube, Combat Divas Pod 1 on our Twitter account, Combat Divas Podcast at gmail.com, Combat Divas Podcast on our Facebook page. We'll see you all there. Bye. Combat Divas, stomp your left, right, left, Combat Divas.